Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Thursday's edition of the Terry Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Craig Anderson, and a man who I am a man who has had some recent lower league experience. Um, I we are talking lower league today, and I'm joined by two lower league fans, um, Sean McGuigan, a lower league chat regular. Hello there, and Andy Harrow, who sometimes appears on lower league podcasts. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you didn't say expert at the start there, Craig. So they, I, I feel much more comfortable with fan than expert. So yeah, that, yeah. How you doing? See, see when you say see when you say fans of the lower leagues, I, I, it, it's just it's just that my team is doomed to be in them forever. I'd, I'd quite I'd quite like to be in the top league. I just I don't I don't see it happening anytime soon. I I, I was put on the spot and hosting this, so it was basically <laughs> a, 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 a stream of consciousness of whatever words came out of my mouth as uh, the listeners might realise. But uh, yeah, uh, everyone's everyone's aware of uh, of of who who everyone supports, and and yeah, certainly the the Wally podcasts are excellent for me, and I, and I'm very rarely on them. Even I don't think I was on a single one last season, even when my team were in the division. So it's uh, it's good good to be able to chat all week so we'll, we'll do Just that re- refuse to acknowledge uh, the existence of Kilmarnock in the championship well, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have loved to have written for TV but I wasn't asked as someone once <laughs> said um, <laughs> but the um, well, what we will do is we will um Go through three lower league matches. Uh, we've, we've picked one each, one from each division, as as is kind of customary here. Apologies to the the people who support the other twenty four teams who are in the lower leagues, but you will get your turn eventually. We, I think it's better to talk about um, three games in depth and try and cover thir- uh, fifteen games, uh, which which would probably not go well. Although I know that Sean and Telford would just do each of them in depth if, if given the chance. <laughs> Can't you know, it's, going, it's going to be another. It's going to be another bad pod for Stranraer fans. That's all I can say at this stage. <laughs> you're, you're, you're they one. can tune out. Tune out now. It's fine. We're not going to talk about you. Um, so, and, and if if we're, we're we we are expecting that the the Wally games will take up the entirety of of the show, if if we have a time at the end, we will do another Scotland game. But we 
what we do and we don't want to do each of the games justice at this point in the list so we don't want to just squeeze it into 10 minutes although to be honest knowing what game it is I would, I would rather not talk about it um, which is probably why we're all reluctant but nonetheless we will uh, make a start and we might as well start at the top um, or well, the second top but the top of the set of leagues that we're talking about which is the championship and Andy which game have you brought to the table today? Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about the Partick Thistle Inverness Cali Thistle game from Friday night. I, I, there was there was two games I was potentially going to watch from the Championship last weekend, but due to a kind of snafu with Scott Rail and uh, various other things, didn't actually get to see the Race Rovers game. So I, even I'm, though you, talk- even though you'd bought a ticket. I bought a ticket, yeah. Bought my ticket. I, so I, yeah, in the morning, I'd, uh, I hadn't, I wasn't actually planning on the Friday night to necessarily go to it, but on, on Saturday morning, I took a, a notion to go. Thought I realised how easy it was to actually get to the station. I had factored in the, the rail strike, which I was supportive of. I'm no, no issue with that. But what I hadn't factored in was still how incompetent Scott Rail or Network Rail's app is. So it said, it said even, even with this was like a live sort of update on it, it said it's going to be fine. There's, there's certain lines that are off, but me getting from the south side of Glasgow through to Central and then from Central to Hamilton West is still fine. So I thought, right, that's, that's grand. I'll set off. For some reason, bought, panicked and thought I'll buy my ticket before I've even left the house, just in case for whatever reason I can't I can't do it on the way. I don't know why. I thought You're that. expecting a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mass- massively panicked there, uh, and then I got to. Um, I got to the station, which is like five minutes walk from the house, and it just said there was no trains running. And by that point, I, I mean, I could have maybe got a taxi into town or found a bus or something, but what was the point? And the chances are the trains would have also been off at Central <laughs> to Hamilton as well. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a disaster. So I'm not going to talk about the Wraith Hamilton game. I've seen the, seen the highlights, but I'm not, uh, I'm not going to bother talking about that one. I'm going to instead talk about the, the Friday game, which I really enjoyed. Did, did uh, either of you guys manage to, to catch it? Yeah, I seen it. I seen it. Yeah, it was a it was a good game. Well, it was it was um, pretty one sided game. Obviously, the Thistle winning four one in the end. Uh, it, it it was for me that was a game that I think sometimes see these games in the the championship on a Friday night. I think unless you're a fan, I think what sometimes uh, these games are a wee bit like the you know the is it a mosquito that's trapped in amber in Jurassic Park that. <laughs> They're, they're, a, they're a wee bit like that in that it's all you remember about that team until the next time they're, they're live on telly. So like that so that memory of that team and how good or bad that team was or how good or bad that player was is kind of like trapped in amber until it's like broken out by some mad scientist later on in the uh, later on. And it, that that's that's kind of how it that's how these are often seem like. And I, I think for me that's gonna be the takeaway for non-Partick Thistle fans, I think, from watching that, is that Partick Thistle are going to be the challengers, the closest challengers to Dundee in the Championship this season, because they were excellent pretty much the whole way through the game, uh, and we'll go through it in a bit more detail, but there was barely a weak link in that team. Uh, There was a few flaws and and things that that came out, and and there's areas where I think they could could still improve, but I think in terms of the, the actual 90 minutes of the game, it was about as good a performance as you could have got against that an Inverness team who are always quite stuffy and difficult to beat. They weren't difficult to beat on, on Friday night at all. So I, there, there, there's that element of it where I think it's going to seem like Thistle are, are the 
sort of the joint favourites or, or just behind Dundee in terms of um, promotion candidates. And, and I think in some ways, I think it's it's fair. I mean, I guess we will go, go into the game, but I think, as I say, it was it was a near perfect performance, uh, you know, all the way through. Uh, there's maybe question marks of the goalkeeper, but defensively, they were pretty good. Midfield, they were absolutely dominant. Um and then up front, they had a real threat uh, from from all across the the front three. Um, yeah, and, and I think I guess if 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 we break it down in terms of the game itself, it started off pretty well for Thistle, given how I mean Inverness were incredibly meek the whole way through. They they barely competed, which isn't really like them. Um, and it's the, the the other performances this season have been much more in keeping with sort of what you expect of Inverness: a couple of draws and one quite comfortable victory against Cove. Um, but they were they were not the races at all. Uh, obviously went down uh, early on this, in the first half where, where uh, uh, Graham got in. And, and I think, ultimately, I think he, he was he was perhaps the the big difference in the game. Um, but yeah, he, he was in there and then uh, there was a, a terrible mistake from Robbie Dees for the, the second <laughs> one. There was a, a penalty from Holt and then it was and it was Dow's header after that. So yeah, it was a in in terms of the in terms of the game it was pretty comfortable. We'll maybe go into the details, but what what were your guys' thoughts on it? I think uh, I think the most disappointing aspect for me was last Thursday I spent ten minutes going on about how good Inverness are. And then I, I could be getting mixed up here, but I'm fairly certain Thursday's podcast was delayed because the podcast has been moved to a different server or whatever it is. Uh, so I think by the time the podcast went live, Inverness were getting beat 3 0. And I was like, right, well, this, is, this looks really good. Uh, clearly, Inverness aren't any good at all. I, I mean, I had been impressed with them the week before, albeit against what looks like a, a pretty poor uh, Cove Rangers team. You're right, it was, it was one way traffic. I mean, Inverness had a had a shot for about 25 yards it fizzed over the bar at 0-0 they had a, a chance Billy McKay had a decent chance at 1-0 that I thought David Mitchell done well to save albeit, albeit if he'd let in you would have been asking questions I, I do think in terms of if you start from an Inverness perspective if you're trying to put a positive spin on it they were unusually poor I think defensively that wouldn't be the defence that kind of that they line up with for the rest uh, for like the rest of the season. I think Zach Delaney, who I think has come on loan for West Brom, as far as I'm aware, he's he's a left back. He he played centre half. Uh, he played centre half on Friday. I think when Danny Devine comes back, albeit limited, he would improve them. And then Delaney can maybe move over to the left. Robbie Dees generally isn't as poor as he was on Friday night. I, I quite like Dees, but obviously he had a, an absolute kind of brain fart for that second goal where he just had a, a total lack of awareness and just didn't just wasn't aware of 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 the players around him essentially Scott Allardyce who I normally really like he's normally pretty good at breaking up play he, he wasn't able to to do any of the things that, that I, I normally find so impressive about him and Roddy McGregor who's along beside him I'm not so sure about McGregor that deep I, I think he's a wee bit better uh, further forward but aye nothing really went right for, for Inverness and, and, and Partick see that left hand side of Partick Thistle that might be like that would that would do damage against anybody in this league and, and probably teams in the bottom half of the Premiership as uh, as well. When, when certainly when Tiffany when Tiffany is, has his eye in, he is a very very good player. And Harry Milne is just excellent. Harry Milne will be in the Championship for one season. He'll either be in the Premiership with Partick next season or he will he'll be playing for a Premiership side. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. I th- I th- it was, there was a massive mismatch on down that left-hand side. If it, this was left-hand side in terms of hidden Milne. Uh, and they had Tiffany, who was totally on his game and does seem to come alive in some of these Friday night games, especially in, on the telly. But he was up against Lewis Hyde, who is just completely out of his depth. And and that's that's one of the problem areas for Inverness is that they don't really have anyone in there who's who's a, a proper right back and an experienced right well, back. Obviously, well, they've d- had they've had Carson in there who's like done a, David <clears> Carson's <throat> done a good job in there like last season. But again, he wasn't quite fit, which I think was the reason why he didn't start. But he and and maybe you just stick with him because he was decent last season. But he, they might still need like an actual an actual proper right back, especially if you want to move Carson out of that position. But they. Yeah, they, they they came up against. I mean, that was that was a massive mismatch in the in the first half, and it, and it was a mismatch, like you said, in terms of defence as well. At the centre of defence with Delaney up against Brian Graham, Brian Graham just was far more experienced. I mean, that first goal, he just manages to outmuscle him to get in ahead of him for the um, to put the the cross in, and and they were like that across the the pitch. I really I thought from a from a Partick Thistle point of view, I thought the. The midfield was was really dominant. I um I thought that Cole McKinnon was very good. Uh, he looked uh, really good behind the strikers. I think didn't do anything particularly flashy. He had he had one chance in the first half where he should have scored. Where he kind of came in on a kind of Lampard desk late run into the box and and screwed it wide and he should have scored. But he was very good at recycling possession. He helped defensively at times. Uh, and and he just kept things ticking over, and obviously he's, he's alongside uh, Stuart Bannigan, uh, and he had Ross Doherty uh, in there as well. So it's like there's there's a lot of there, as I said before, the, there's a bones of a very good Thistle team in there. Even even the fact that they had Anton Dowds coming off the bench, uh, Danny Millen should be able to contribute out wide as well. Like there, there's a there's a decent team in there, and I think they kind of played to their potential on Friday night. I, th- I think that's I a, guess that sorry yeah. I was just yeah, saying, a stop, like a stop clock thing with uh, Rangers loanies at Partick Thistle. Is they've, fi- <laughs> they've finally found one that isn't terrible. Um, yeah, I really like the look of McKinnon because um, McCall, McCall loves uh, bringing these guys in for, for Rangers and, and so often they've done poorly. They've obviously had Lewis Mayo who did really well last season and who I've actually liked the look of uh, this season a, a step up. Um, and McKinnon seems to be on the, kind of the same mould. A guy... Let's be honest, probably if you're on loan at the Championship, you're not going to make it at Rangers, regardless of how good you are. I think that's always a rule of thumb for me. There are exceptions, but he's a guy who is showing in little glimpses that at least he, he may well have a top flight future, um, which compare, for example, to Juan Alegria, who uh, probably does not, um, and and uh, some, of the, some of the other ones that they've had in. But I really liked what I saw from Thistle. I, I think... McCall's teams have this tendency to start the seasons pretty well to keep keep the results to do well up to Christmas and then round about winter time to have a slump. Now that was obviously exacerbated last season by by their pitch kind of turning into to the song basically, but it was um, it's something to keep an eye on. These area United teams did the same as well, but 
you look through that squad and there's quality in kind of every every area of the park. Okay, Brian Graham's getting on a bit, but he he's still scoring goals at this level. They've got Dowd's for all his flaws and he's maybe not the most rounded footballer. He's quite similar to Graham, maybe not as much a finisher, but he, he offers a lot of the same kind of physicals that, that Graham does. And then yet, someone like Tiffany is a match winner on, on his day. He didn't need to be, even though he played well, he, he was the one the game if he wasn't playing this time around. But he uh, consistently, oh sorry, he's inconsistent, but when he shows up, um, there, there's no fullback really can, can get a hold of him in this league. I remember, um, was it Lee Hodgson? Uh Someone, he, he absolutely tore Kelly to shreds um, last season as well um, in, in a Friday night game. And I think there's something in that that Andy said that he's, uh, he could maybe do with uh, turning up a bit more when he's not on the telly. Um, for, for Inverness, I, I don't understand why they don't just play Carson at right back. I know I know Andy mentioned about maybe wanting him in midfield, but he's a I think it was. I, I think at the weekend, I don't think he was fully fit. And I know they've... I know they've kind of tried him in the middle of the park earlier this season as well. I'll be honest, I think he's limited in the middle of the park and I think his performance over the last season or two at right back has been one of the better fullbacks in the league. So I, I think if we just move him back there and the, the kind of other, I say with Divine coming back and maybe maybe allows uh, maybe allows Delaney to shift over to the left, I think that'll probably be them okay uh, in terms of the back four and I still think they've probably got enough about them further forward to... To trouble the top four at, at the very least. Let's face it, Inverness are always there or thereabouts. Yeah, they generally I, finish third, and I, I think as bad as they were on Friday, I, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think I think they're, they're, they will be top three. I think Thistle were a team like this. I mean, there was a game they played Hamilton last season where they absolutely smashed them and won the Friday night games as well. And they they just McCall's teams are like in general when they turn up, they are very 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 good. Um, thinking thinking of United beating Dundee United five nil um, was a was a Friday night game as well. The problem they'll have, and the reason the reason I think I think they'll push Dundee close. The reason I think they might just fall short is they will no doubt drop stupid points. So they'll they'll have a run of five draws or something like that, and and that's what they need to improve on. But you look at the yeah, they look at the this, the depth of their squad, and and it's guys who every position you're like you know what you you're at least an average or above championship player and if you have that in every position and you have match winners there we, we know it's not the strongest league anyway so i i can't see them losing a lot of games and and they do have these wee extra bits of quality there but you look at the you look at the kind of guys they brought on Kyle Turner Anton Dowds Aidan Fitzpatrick come on as well these are guys who would would get in get into a lot of other teams you mentioned Danny Mullen and they've got um they've got Snedden as their backup goalkeeper or, or whoever they're go- they've got two go- good goalkeepers for the level as well so they seem to be pretty well covered um I, I was actually slightly disappointed they won this game because I thought it was a perfect storm with the um obviously all the off the field stuff going on it was a perfect storm for them then, like getting beat three 0 and they're being kind of you know <laughs> fans outside the outside the stand chanting and stuff. Whereas the the positive result just just took the shine off that. I mean, and the fans haven't kind of you know one good result doesn't mean you forget about essentially um, being shafted when it comes to kind of the ownership situation and that won't be forgotten. But it kind of took it would have been good on the Friday night for it just to have got a bit a bit visceral, which which sadly was sadly was missing. Mm. It's worth actually on that. It's worth bringing up Duncan's podcast that he did about the the situation he had somebody on from the Jags Foundation last week, 
so it's worth if, if you're a Patreon member or you want to sign up, it's worth going back and listening to that because it's really interesting. There's also the Party Thistle podcast, uh, fan podcast. I've got their own conversations about it, which are interesting as well. And, and certainly there was more insight in them than there was at the when the BBC briefly <laughs> briefly touched on it at the start of the game on Friday night, which was to say that they didn't seem to have much of an idea about what was actually happening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think my only other point was just on on Inverness. Like you said, the 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 striking situation I think is okay. I think their squad is all right. I quite like the look at. I think Samuel's Billy Mackay, and then you've got George Oakley who scored coming off the bench. I think with them, I mean, as as a Rovers fan, I would probably take any three of the any of those three to be honest as a striker, given that we don't have any. So none of them are. Uh, None of them are, are brown or maybe likely to on their own win you the title, but between them they should be able to uh, get enough goals to kind of have them fourth or fifth round about that round about that position, I would think. But yeah, and uh, and, and Sutherland, I think Sutherland should be back. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he was September October. He was expected to be back, and I as much as I think there was some doubts about whether he could replicate what he does. Further down the food chain in the championship, I, I really like him. I, I think he's physical. He's he's a handful, and he's a he, and he's a goal scorer. Uh, so he he will improve them when he's back as well. Certainly gives them a another option because I mean they've they've got a few they've got a few options up front as you say. But Sutherland uh, Sutherland and and Billy McKay, I, I think is their best two by a mile, and he'll he'll be another positive when he's back. Perfect. Anything else to add on this game before we move on? Only just you know only the. The fourth was it the fourth Partick Thistle goal that Anton Dowd's header from Harry Harry Milne's cross. It it looked like a goal. It looked like a goal for like and I, I don't know why I thought this, but like the the quality of the cross and the quality of the header and the way the net rippled. It didn't look like a championship goal, if that makes sense. Why why the net rippling makes a difference, I'm not entirely sure. But it looked like something for like the Bundesliga or the Champions League. It was just a high quality goal with a very satisfying net ripple. I just really enjoyed it. Mm. You certainly don't get many diving headers. I can't think of many and it was a proper diving header as well. It wasn't it wasn't a sort of I don't know what a half diving header is, but it was he fully launched himself and it was a, 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 a yeah the, the ball kind of rocketed into the net as well at the end of it so it was just I, nice I, I was trying to think what a half diving header would be like I like know, a, I, the equivalent I, of a half volley like uh, it's only it's only but yeah no I, I I do I do see where you're coming from there Sean as well because they, they they were they were a, a real mixed bag of the goals because you had you had the, the obviously the blunder but to be fair it was good composure from Tiffany to just get out of the way just let Brian Graham smash into the net but the the, the first goal was kind of similar in that it was a a nice cross came across and it was just a really good first time finish obviously not a header but the same type of thing so yeah it, it was it was a nice mix and, and I think I think McCall's teams always play good football and, and you're more likely to see that from, from his teams um, and, and when you've got someone like Milne who does really have the full package the, the deliveries and um, you know he gets up and down you're always going to get more of these good crosses but yeah maybe you're right so maybe Harry Milne will be, um, be the latest one to join Ollie Burke in the Bundesliga you never know I'm not, I'm not sure we'll see Anton Dowds there but who knows Um 
Right, what we'll do is we'll move on to, to League One and uh, I've picked this game today and I've picked Airdrieonians 2, Aloha Athletic 0. Um, the, the reason I picked this is I watched a fair bit of it when, when Duncan Mackay was on, on the comms for Airdrie um, in one of the League Cup games against the Mirren. Watched it back, watched a, watched a lot of the interviews and watched watched um, Reese McCabe talking and I was obviously, like, like many people, slightly surprised that when Murray left to Wraith that they obviously immediately just brought in a you know a, a player from the team under 30 as a new manager but at the same time Airdrie doesn't really seem not anymore anyway like a club that's run by idiots it does seem like there's people who know what they're doing so there must have been something in McCabe that they liked well enough to to do that and I think you're starting to see that he's um I don't want to sound like Kenny McIntyre he speaks so well but he's, he's very it's not it's not about the fact he's well spoken it's about the fact that when you listen to him every time he talks there's like meaning to his words and there's kind of there's kind of a very clear direction that he wants to take the team in and everything's very focused and it's, it's exactly what you like to hear he's in very in control of, of everything um, and I think he he's obviously had quite an interesting career himself as well and, and he's, he's had some time out with injuries and stuff and he's maybe one of these guys that's had a bit of time to reflect on football and stuff like that and I think the team just like Murray because I think Murray's um, also a bit of an outlier in terms of the type of manager he is I think he's he's very different to a lot of lower league managers he was at Dumbarton he, he was at Airdrie and he probably will be at Rovers and you're already starting to see that with the type of squad he's assembling that Rovers is, is kind of unusual for, for the championship but I think it's the same it's the same with Airdrie here they've got a lot of very clever footballers they've got a lot of guys who like to play and it may have been their, I mean let, let's, be, let's be, be honest they should have been promoted last season they were, they were comfortably better than Queen's Park over the course um, they should have put Queen's Park away probably in the first 15-20 minutes of the second leg of the semi of the final sorry and then and then they, they I wouldn't say they bottled it but they they kind of faded a bit in that game but they have a, a very interesting mix in the midfield they don't really have kind of a lot apart from their two centre half they don't have a lot of kind of hard men it's all very kind of thoughtful lots of footballers and stuff and that was why I thought I wanted to see what they were like they was had a very good start three wins and a draw and I wanted to watch the game and it was kind of very much like that because this was a wide open game I actually think Alwa will be, be alright this season as well I think they've they've got a manager who will do fine in League 1 level but I think Airdrie all the talk was about Dunfermline about Falkirk um, and then obviously Kelty but for the fact that they actually haven't nearly spent what some people thought they might have done but I do wonder if Airdrie could kind of run them close the, the, I mean I say run them close they beat Falkirk 4-0 a couple of weeks ago but you know what I mean like over the course of the season I just think they've actually got a lot of quality in that team um, so you've got someone like Cammy Ballantyne who was playing right back a guy who I know I know you and Telford talk a lot about him Sean he shouldn't be playing in League 1 um, he's, he's too good for League 1 Um yep. He's someone that I thought like maybe our growth would have tried to sign because he, he feels like he's in their mould as well. Um, so I think Airdrie have done really well to get a hold of him. Um, they've got two good centre halves in for Dyson Watson. They've got a lot of you know they've got the two Devenies, uh, the the one who's a left back and the one who's a centre mid, both of whom are, are associated in some way with Kelly. And I never remember if one of them's still on loan <laughs> and one of them's permanent. But um, I think the left back is a permanent player, but. Um, both both quite interesting young players, um, and then um, 
Adam Frizzell, I think, must have been attitude that he left Kelly in the first place because uh, in terms of ability, it looked like he could have had a career at the top flight level. Steve Clark came in, he actually scored um, scored the winner at Murrayfield um, against Hearts under Steve Clark, and you thought, you know, this is going to, he's going to kick on. And then he kind of just faded out a bit. And But when you watch this game, the touches he's got, the, the way he can, like, the composure on the ball, he looks like another player who shouldn't really be playing in League One. And when you start going through a squad and saying um, Callum Smith is probably quite similar, when you start going through a squad and saying a lot of the players should be playing a level above, you start to think, well, maybe this is a team that can... They can do that. I uh, I, I wasn't sure how they got on this season. I, I, I know, I, I think I said in the preview that I wasn't entirely sure that, that League One would be the Royal Rumble that a lot of people thought was. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't sure about Kelty. I thought the fact that Air J had lost the manager in Ian Murray and their best player, the best player in the league last season, and Dylan Eason, and then appointed a 29-year-old, you think, right, well, how how is this going to work? But like it, like you've seen examples of the past of a, a team losing one of their best players and, and them still being able to kick on, whether it's playing a different system or other players take more responsibility and accountability, I'm, I'm not sure. But it doesn't feel at this moment in time that they've that they've necessarily lost a beat, even with the, even with the losses that they've had in the summer. I, I think up front, as you say, they've got... I mean, bear in mind they were able to bring Callum Gallagher off the bench to, to score the second goal. I was actually hoping that Ian Murray would, would try and get Gallagher to, to the Rovers again. Yes, there's probably a reason he's playing in League One. Yes, he has his limitations, but in terms of a, a penalty box forward or, or more, more a six-yard uh, box forward, there, there's few better than him uh, at, at League One level. And I think their forward line, as much as as much as you look at Dunfermline's forward line and say, oh, that, that, that looks too good for League One, I'm not entirely sure it's better than Airdrie's. Uh, and, and it's definitely better than it's definitely better than Falkirk's. I think the only thing, sorry, we've got Kuda Raisa as well, who's an interesting yep. player, but definitely mm-hmm. it's in that mode. He, he's a very he's, he's limited in a number of ways, but he obviously had enough about him that Levy thought he might be able to hack it at the top flight. He obviously they very quickly thought he couldn't, but another one who's there, he's probably as a League One player. But um, my question would be about, the, and you might know a bit more. I don't think they've got the depth. Elsewhere in the, the squad, they uh, other positions. Um, they've obviously they've obviously done well in bringing in because um, again, Josh Ray was really really. I, I don't know much about him, but I know that you spoke very highly of him, and it seems strange that um, that that's where he ended up. He's obviously been out, and they managed to get Murray Johnson, who's a, a really highly rated young keeper in from Hibs, and he had a good game here. He did a couple of times where he, he you could tell he was a, a young goalkeeper, and both both goalkeepers in this game. Um, Young Lonies, because it was Jay Hogarth who had a really good game for Aloha as well. Both ty- both of them, you could tell, they're young goalkeepers, so there's maybe sometimes hesitancy, hesitancy in coming for crosses and stuff like that, because there was um, probably the closest, or one of the closest uh, that Aloha got to a goal was a, was a cross, I think it was from Daniel Church down the left, that um, kind of just came to the back post and, and Johnson looked like he was leaving it to go behind and it just hit the post and came it came out to um, I, I can't remember who skied it over from, from kind of t- 10 yards out but um, there, there was moments like that but Johnson looks really good he's very sharp off his line he's got a lot of, like if you look at the kind of technical stuff that people want from a goalkeeper he seems to be very good at that and I think he's one Hibs have got high hopes for um, so so they do have that depth that's obviously an emergency because he had to come in alone but I think looking at their bench, they couldn't fill the bench. They have they had a trial list. I don't actually know who it was um, on the bench 
um, a defender, I presume, with a number three. And then they've got um, some teenagers and stuff like that. Um, I, know, I know it was like, one of the young guys that came on and scored the second goal against St Mirren. I think he was 16 or 17. They've got a few guys like that. But it feels like if they do want to challenge, they either have to get really lucky with injuries or they have to bring in a few more bodies. Ah, no, I, I, I totally agree. If anything's going to... If anyone's going to hold them back this season, then then that's what it's going to be because I, I do think they have a starting eleven that that probably could challenge Dunfermline and and if Falkirk can continue uh, continue to kind of pick up form, but it looks like they might uh, be doing just that. But aye, in terms of in terms of numbers are light. And saying that, as are Dunfermline, uh, but I, I, I still think Adrian might just be a wee bit short unless they can bring in a, a, a couple of long guys between now and and the the, the end of the window, but. They're certainly doing considerably better than I than I thought they would. The, the one question I have is, is it? I've always said it's Adam Frizzell. However, the Airdrie commentator kept calling kept calling him Frizzle. Uh, uh, he was always he was always Frizzell when he was at Kelly. He's, uh, be, uh, I don't know if he's from Ayrshire or not, but but we do pronounce a lot of a name strangely, so it, it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the first time. But um, I would have said Frizzell. <laughs> Frizzle would be L E at the end of the night. I would imagine so, but then I'd, I'd just presumed that the Airdrie commentator would know far better than me. Possibly, possibly. I mean, I, I, I obviously watched this. Uh, watched the highlights. List. The thing that stood out to me about it was the fact, or, or the, the confidence that Airdrie played with. Obviously, I haven't really seen them uh, up until till this point of the season, and I guess a lot of it's to do with the the good start to the season that they've had, but. It also partly to do with how much Aloha just seemed to stand off them. Like the amount of time that Cammy Ballantyne had on the right hand side, for example, was was criminal, especially given his ability to deliver crosses into the box. But Adam Frizzell or Frizzle or whoever pronounce his name, he uh, he was involved in seemed to be involved in a lot of Airdrie's best stuff, but was just constantly on the ball. And and that was the that was the thing that I noticed from it was that all their key players we're always looking for the ball. We're always seem to be involved in in dangerous areas. I mean, they had they had about twenty shots on and off target to four in the end, which which is maybe not quite accurate. Alwood did have a, a a couple of dangerous opportunities and were maybe more in it than than that would suggest. But there's a there's obviously a, it seems to be the, the the case with Airdrie that at the moment confidence is high. They're kind of willing to take people on. They're uh, they think it could be anyone and they've got them firmly in this weekend if I'm not mistaken which will be a really big one especially this will be, this will be another good test to see just how how capable they are because like you say Sean the firmly are, are one of those other teams that squad wise certainly you would think are uh, should be up there I, 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 any time I watch Airdrie highlights it just looks like they would be a, a like quite good fun to watch at this moment in time, and and you, you haven't always been able to say that about Airdrie. That said, when I was on, I was, I was reading some comments about the game, and, and some fans saying that they they didn't think it was that exciting a game. But I'll be honest with you, and I appreciate it's difficult to get a, a gauge on a game for an eleven minutes highlights package. But they they look like they play good attacking football, create chances. I mean, like at, at a League One level, that's that's not always the case. But I I, I think they're a, a good fun, uh, exciting team, and I, I quite like watching them. I'm I'm the same. That is that is why I pick them. I'm like if if, I've got, if I'm going to watch a League One game, um, I'll pick I'll pick the team that that I think seem really interesting on paper and and, and they've got those players. 
I would say Aloha, they were second best in the game. It's a howling mistake from Mark Dernan um, for the opening goal. He, it's like a long ball comes over the top and McGill's kind of coming in behind him and he just stops. It's like he doesn't know McGill's there and he lets him in behind. But Aloha did have a couple of chances. Um, Connor Salmon had a header that hit the bar. Um, I couldn't tell if Johnson maybe got a wee fingertip to it. it was I thought he maybe did, but it's, it's, it was impossible to tell, but I um, thought he might have done. And, they, and then at 1-0, one, at one probably only about 10 minutes left, they, they had a goal disallowed. I think correctly there was maybe a shove from a corner, but they, they, it wasn't like they were not in the game. And I, and I do think, actually, se- several of the players in that Aloha team, you could kind of have imagined uh, Brian Rice signing them for Hamilton when they were in the Premiership, <laughs> to be honest. Because like, they were like, I mean, well, at least one one or two of them did play for Hamilton in the Premiership. Um, certainly, certainly Stanger. I would have called him Stanger, but they called him Stanger. Um, oh, you're right. You, you do you do pronounce names funny. Yeah, surely, surely that's Stanger. <laughs> yeah, I would say Stanger. Yeah, I, I, I think I just see, see what I say, but because it's because it's because they, it's because they George them, Stanger. It's because they signed him from uh, a team in New Zealand, Hamilton originally. I, I kind of uh, Hamilton, New Zealand's very much a kind of everything's just pronounced. How it looks, kind of place. So I was like, I think his dad played. I think his dad played rugby. Um, I right. think his dad's a rugby player, but um, I, I don't know. But yeah, it's danger it is then. Um, stranger danger. Um, <laughs> but I think they've got a, a decent group of players at Aloha as well. Um, certainly, I don't think they'll be nearly as bad as they were last season. I think that I think they've got more than enough about them. Th- and even I, in only- this game against a good team. I think if I was an Aloha fan, my concern would be they probably look like they're, they're not going to be challenging top four. So then you're, you're probably thinking, right, well, mid-table might be as, as good as we can do this season. Uh, if we're thinking they're not going to be... They're going to be behind Dunfermline, Falkirk, Airdrie, maybe Montrose, for example. But if, if you're thinking about who was going to struggle this season, I, I, I thought Edinburgh would struggle. They've started reasonably well. I thought Clyde would struggle. They've started pretty well. Uh, I think Peterhead will toil. Kelty are maybe even worse than I, th- I thought they would be. Certainly, they've started the season even considerably worse, poorer than than I thought they would be. But then it's like, right, well, where Aloha, where are Aloha fitting in that? So, so I, I think they've got a core of a decent team, but I'm not entirely sure they'll. I, I still think they might struggle. They missed Google at the weekend. I, I'm not entirely sure why he wasn't there, whether he's injured or whatever. Uh, certainly wasn't on the bench for what I could see. So he makes a difference. But if, if he's if he's picked up a wee injury and is out for a while, I, I, I do think they'll struggle. And I, I'm not entirely sure that system suits them either in terms of the three centre-halves. And I look like Kevin Colley was kind of wide right, but almost trying to play like a kind of wing-back. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. That's, they're a work in progress. Uh, anything else to add on this one, Andy, before we move on? No, no, I think that's it for me. Perfect. So that that leaves us down to down to the the very bottom of the SPFL to League Two. And Sean, can you tell us which game you're going to talk about? I I went for Stenhouse Muir versus Dumbarton. Uh, this 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 is not what I expected of these two teams uh, this season. I, I wasn't sure about Dumbarton. To be fair, I thought they had the the potential to either be decent or be absolutely howling because I wasn't entirely sure about their manager, Stevie Farrell, and they always just seem to be in, there always just seems to be some kind of, some crisis off the park with Dumbarton, they always seems to be 
trying to get plundered by shysters in the boardroom who are just trying to sell their ground for houses and then build a new stadium in a floodplain. It's like it, they always seem to be in, in big trouble. I thought they'd recruited reasonably well. I thought they'd recruited some some decent League 2 players uh, who weren't necessarily exciting names, but, but honest pros. I know that's quite a lazy expression, but I, I thought they'd recruited okay. So I, I, I wasn't sure about Dumbarton. I thought Stenny would have been quite good. On paper, I thought they had a decent side. And as much as they started last season under Stephen Swift, appallingly, he seemed to figure things out, certainly in that, in the kind of middle part of the season. And that last quarter, they really should have finished in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, they, 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 probably, they, they should have finished above Edinburgh. I mean, a real sliding doors moment, I suppose. But like they had so many opportunities to, to snatch that fourth, fourth place. Uh, didn't do it and it all kind of uh, fizzled out but it felt like they pushed the boat out when it came to recruitment I think they maybe actually spent money on a couple of players actual transfer fees as, as far as I'm aware and certainly the board has has backed Stephen Swift uh, pretty well you saw in the opening day when they beat Albion Rovers they were, they were poor and Albion Rovers definitely should have got something to the game and you just thought right well is it that Stenny maybe aren't quite as good as we thought, or are they? Are they just? Are they just? And I hate this thing about oh they're still trying to gel. Like every team's trying to gel at the start of the season, but some teams start well and some don't. Don't think it's necessarily to do with gelling, but they've they've been poor uh, ever since. And again, the second time in a row that Stephen Swift, uh, Stephen Swift Stenny side have, have started the, the season really poorly. It looks like he he doesn't know what system he wants to play. It looks like he doesn't know the style that he wants to play, I'm not entirely sure that he knows his his strongest starting 11. And these are all the same things that we were saying about him at the start of last season. And you look at the goals that they conceded on Saturday. And to be honest, that, that's the main reason I actually picked this game because you'll, you'll probably struggle to see three, a, a collection of such poor goals for a team to concede in a, in a single game. And, and it's not the first time already this season that Steny have been cataclysmic at the back but Saturday Saturday takes some beating every single one of them was rubbish but funny uh, and I and, and I really enjoyed watching these highlights <laughs> because of the goals so I, I couldn't decide whether to professionally battle through it or not but I didn't see your message that said that you were doing this game instead so I sat and watched uh, St- <laughs> Stubborn Albion v uh, <laughs> Annan highlights instead well just just, just as uh, half a time I also watched <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Annan game I was, I was yeah. flicking, flicking through apologies but, apologies no, uh, I, I changed I my mind to pick this game I did see two, I did see uh, I did see a couple of the goals from this one through the week because Craig Craig Telfer wasn't happy and um, I mean I mean it's already I think we mentioned Finley Finley just running running right through the middle it's kind it's kind of not not acceptable but the, I was slightly disappointed to discover it was uh, it was in stoppage time when they were chasing the game which kind of makes it it's like a bit more like oh well they had to try and do something but nonetheless very bad defending but yeah they, they were a bit of a mess and I noticed uh, I noticed that Scotland International Craig Bryson marquee signing uh, was an unused substitute as well <laughs> I mean like that, that like I mean if you st- see if you start off with the first with the, with the first goal and I think like myself and Andy have experienced oh we, we all have actually we've all experienced Conor Brennan uh, first hand <laughs> attempting to uh, att- <laughs> <laughs> attempting to keep the ball out of it, and like 
I can't remember if can't remember if Telfer asked me what it was like, and I said right. I goes well. The the best example of Conor Brennan was the the when we lost to Brecon in the playoffs and got relegated over the 210 minutes and the penalty shootout. Every single shot on target that Brecon had went in. Like that kind of sums Conor Brennan up, and certainly that first goal. Now, I, now I've. <laughs> I mean, I was in the six-yard box when this when this when this corner was delivered. But Conor Brennan goes to punch it, and I can only presume that he doesn't have, that he just doesn't tell Tam Orr that he's coming for it because Tam Orr gets his head on it just as Conor Brennan goes to try and and, and kind of thump it away. Tam Orr then just kind of nudges it over his over his fist and, and into the net, and that it just sums him up. He's he'll. You can watch a game and think he's made a couple of decent saves, but he seems quite overly dramatic when he dives. So you'll make run-of-the-mill saves look complicated, and then, but we'll probably let in a stinker, like at least once a game. And that was, that was very much a stinker for for that one. The second goal at the start of the second half, and Steny Steny hadn't really troubled Brett Long, and the Dumbarton goal at all. Uh, I really like Brett Long actually I think he's a, a decent lower league keeper and can probably play at a higher level in League 2 but regardless they hadn't troubled Brett Long at all a long throw into the penalty area it kind of drifts over everybody I, I actually thought it was another own goal I actually thought it would come off Nat Weatherburn uh, last but actually it was Martin McNiff kind of swung a leg at it and again it just despite the fact that there is umpteen Sinus Muir players in the box nobody is able to is able to, to get away they came back into it it was quite a well worked goal uh, I think it was Adam Brown back heeled it to, to Ewan O'Reilly I'm saying it was a well-worked goal. Brett Long actually probably should have done better. It, it kind of wriggled through him. And, and that got Steny back in there. They then had a chance cleared off cleared off the line. If they had if they had managed to get level at I'm not entirely sure it would have been just. But the the, the third goal, I mean, Finlay, Finlay Gray picks it up 70, 70, 70 yards maybe from the Steny goal. And he just starts running. Of course he pulls away from that Weatherburn. I mean, that's, he doesn't have to be particularly quick to get away from that Weatherburn. He then rides another challenge, but it's, I think it was, I think Scott Walker had been moved over to the other side. So he started on the right and then was moved to the left, I think. But he, it, it, like, he literally gives up. Like, he literally kind of stops running. And the thing is, Conor Brennan saves the initial shot. And if Scott Walker had actually just continued his run, he probably could have cleared it. Uh... I mean, I suppose he didn't expect Conor Brennan to save it, so maybe that's why he gave up. <laughs> probably, probably. Uh, aye, surprised everyone. <laughs> but then, but then, Finlay Gray managed to manage to finish the finish the rebound. It was it was pathetic, and I know what you're saying in terms of it was injury time. Players had were maybe so not whether maybe he was knackered. <laughs> maybe maybe they just thought, oh, what is the point? But if you're a Steny fan, that's not what you're wanting to see no. in and, the, and in the ninetieth minute. It's actually it's the lack of it's a lack of effort coming back in yeah, yeah it's stoppage time and yeah, you're trying to chase the game but you, you, you can't you can chase a two goal deficit you can still chase a one goal deficit and then remain in three or four minutes that, that would still be come and the fact is yeah if um, if he had just got back across yes it, the the he was never going to stop the shot from um, from Gray but he would have been in a better position to deal with a, a rebound which is what happened and I a very handy of a uh, very kind of Stenhouse Muir to put those uh, Go- GoPro cameras below because uh, I was just I was just watching it as you were talking there just uh, just just I've never done that before you you were narrating the goals for me but um, <laughs> the the GoPro cameras really captured um, captured the kind of uncertainty of the first two goals in terms of goalkeeper first I mean the second one's not entirely goalkeeper's fault although 
a really good goalkeeper maybe comes and claims everything. But but on Connor Brennan, a very confident guy. I I mean, I can be a bit abrasive as some people we know on on social media. Um, but he came into the Kelly team. He was the backup keeper for him. He came in for a couple of games, and I basically just said something like. Brennan looks okay, but he's not ready yet, or something. When when we and we drew a game when he was playing, and, and maybe it wasn't even a mistake, but you know what? Maybe you're thinking was was Cammy Beller whoever our first choice was would would have probably done a bit better. And he uh, searched his own name on Twitter and like had to go at me for that comment. And I'm thinking like you you have uh, you he's hopefully toughened up because uh, based on some of his performances in Scottish football since then. Or, or well, toughened up, or stopped searching for for his name because uh, he, he could he could be there mm. all night. <laughs> can I can I can I bring in the game that me and Craig actually watched? And I know Sean, you, you may you may not have watched this game, but uh, <laughs> we've covered the Annan game. We had a, we watched the highlights of that one. There's a similar thing though between Annan and Stennis Moore. Stennis Muir and that they were both tipped at the start of the season to be promotion candidates and then Annan actually had a really good League Cup campaign where they beat Queen of the South and they beat St Johnson on penalties and they qualified from that group but then I've obviously only won one of four games in the, in the start of the season so is there any kind of correlation between the two in terms of why things have gone so wrong or is it because Annan were a, by all accounts dreadful at the weekend um, even though they went ahead they kind of seeded all the initiative in it um, and, and just you know I deservedly lost ultimately Greyfly made a number of good stops to, to keep them in the game so is is there any is there any particular reason why the two of them have struggled so much I I probably have a wee bit more faith in in Annan managing to, to come good than than Steny I, I think like post game and, and Stephen Swift has talked about oh, there's honest pros in the dressing room and like we've, we've had some honest chats and but we look like a really poor outfit, and I think is it is it Ian Ian McMenemy Ian McMenamin, the, the Steny chairman. I know he was he was tweeting about how poor they were at the weekend. That that doesn't sound great. And then they, I mean, they lost fairly fairly. I mean, they conceded three to Elgin, and uh, and I know it's just a Challenge Cup. But regardless, Elgin have started the season reasonably poorly. Uh, that that doesn't bode well at all. So, I. I, you know, something. It might be the same as last season. Stephen Swift might figure something out after the the opening quarter. Uh, but if they're still playing like this after after the opening quarter, I, I wouldn't expect Swift to, to still be in position. And then I think I'll be fine. I, 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 I again, I think they have a, I, I think they have a decent squad similar to last season. And I, I watched Annan a few times last season. Uh, somehow watched them twice against Kelty. I'm not entirely sure how that worked out, but I quite like the look of them. And, and again, in a league that has no clear favourites I expect Annan to be okay I, I suppose the other team to talk about is Dumbarton as I said I, I think they've recruited honest pros but like guys like like Calvin Orsi seems to be doing pretty well Ali Love has has had an interesting midweek but he's <laughs> he's started the season really well guys like Declan Byrne leading the line just somebody who generally puts in a, a decent shift every season at, at that level I, I think and Gregor Buchanan and Stuart Carswell they've got a kind of decent couple of centre halves here again. Honest pros, limited, but looked absolutely fine up against everything that, that Steny could throw at them, which which wasn't much. And I, I think they might have one of the better keepers in the league in, in Brett Long. I think what was demonstrated during the week against Rangers B or Rangers Colts, whatever they are, I, I don't know if they have much more other than that starting eleven. So they made I think they made seven changes for that game, 
and by all accounts they were absolutely pathetic. So again, if suspensions or injuries kick in, maybe that's where Dumbarton will will struggle because other than that, maybe a, a core of thirteen or fourteen, I'm not sure if they've got much else. I think I think the, the recruitment of like someone like John Gemmell kind of points that I think there's a few teams that I know that I know he's, he had the pedigree, but you were talking about Strudenar, how they managed to find Luke Watt, um, who who basically was like via an Instagram post for the manager or something. <laughs> no, Luke, Luke, Luke Watt was obviously kicked about. Uh, he played for Motherwell in the Premiership and stuff before, but and he, and he, he has a bit of pedigree and he seems to have done all right there. But you wonder if there's just the recruitment being stretched a wee bit and, and it's kind of like you know Gemmell. You know, you know, you know, you'll get something out of him in terms of character and stuff like that. And maybe he's not, you know, he's not exactly going to start thirty games this season. But you wonder that that's still a big gamble because the guy's not played in the SPFL for like six years, um, and that's you wonder if there's just fewer players about at part time level. If a few guys going, you know, the guys going down to to play some of the Lowland teams and some of the guys going um, even below that to like Darvo and, and even. Um, I mean, I'm going to watch co-winning Rangers in the Scottish Cup at the weekend, um, and they they've signed Chris Miller, who 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 won the Scottish Cup with St Johnston. <laughs> it's just stuff like that. These guys are are getting opportunities to play outside the SPFL, um, and you wonder whether you will just start to see folk being brought in mainly on the basis of they've played a lot in the SPFL before. I mean, as far as I mean, I've seen pictures of Gamel, and he looks fitter now than he did when he was in the league whatever it was, six years ago. So he's certainly been taking care of himself recently. And as you know, someone see if they are, like he came off the bench uh, in, in this one. And I think if, if they're bringing him on with 15, 20 minutes to go and he needs to defend for the front, then he'll probably be able to do that for the last 15, 20 minutes. So I can't imagine he's on a, a, a fair wedge. So it, I, I think it's reasonably risk-free. But as you say, I think at all levels, teams are kind of struggling to recruit and when there's teams in the Lowland League or the Highland League or the West of Scotland League that can pay that wee bit more, then then very much teams in League 2 will, will be restricted in who they can bring in. It's especially because you're looking at, they, they'll still pay more for their first team players, but some of the guys that would have been squad players for them before are now being able Aye. to get a, you know, like, like it's not it's not that they, they couldn't afford some of these guys, it's that they couldn't afford them after they've already you know, paying the, the sort of names that you already mentioned that are, you know, decent players at the level. Um, but do you think, because I, I, I thought Dumbarton were going to go the other way this season originally, just, just the, the, they seem to be a team in free fall. Do you think they are favourites now or do you think, who, who would you put as favourites in this division? I, I, I know it's an early stage. Uh, considering, well, based on the evidence of, of what we've seen so far, I would say... I mean, I, I didn't think Bonnie Rigg would be that good this season. And I know they had a difficult game against Albion Rovers at the weekend. But Forfar have struggled, who I thought would be okay. Annan have struggled, Stenny struggled. Based on your first four games, you're going to say Dumbarton and Bonnie Rigg might be there or thereabouts, unless teams behind them can can kick on and improve for, for how they've started. Uh, but I will... Listen, I... I picked Annan at the start of the season. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Annan, but it will take a turnaround. Perfect. Does anyone have anything else to add on on this game or or anything more league related before we move on? No, there, there was just a wee bonus mention you had of Stranraer there for any Stranraer fans that bothered <laughs> to make it through the fifty-two minutes to get it. Uh, I thought, I thought they would have been rewarded with a brief mention of them at the end. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I better not talk about Dundee United, and I'll just say that um, <laughs> we'll move on. Um, 
Right, well, I think well, given given the time that we're at, we'll we will leave the Scotland game for someone else to talk about. I have I have never watched. I, I was at this game in question and have never watched highlights of it um, because of the mental anguish it caused me. And uh, I'm quite happy to keep it that way. So um, we will call it a day um, here. Thank you so much, Andy, for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Cheers. And thank you to all the listeners. Um, there will be a Patreon of some sort going out. I know that um, the first episode of the um, Terrace Podcast 16 to 1 quiz went out through the week there. Andy and Sean are actually going to record, um, we're, we're about to record, they're playing against each other. Um, and this is actually the final first round tie that we're recording. But that presumably means that there will be six other podcasts that come out before this uh, Patreon. So I don't know what is going out as Patreon, but something will be. Um, it may well be one of the other round two game or round one games uh, that were recorded before this. Um, but if you're on Patreon, there's lots of content coming out. There, there is just every, every day you're refreshing or something new. Sometimes, sometimes it's worth listening to. Sometimes that's not for me. But no matter what you're interested in, there will be something for you. We'll put it that way. Um, and I think it's well well worth it. So I don't pay for it, so it's very easy for me to say it's well worth it. Um, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, you you should dip into your wallet and, and fund and fund the fund the Patreon. Um, thanks very much, everyone, and uh, in, enjoy your weekend. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.